Hello, I'm Mirella. Hello, I'm Zoe. Welcome to the Critical Obsession podcast. Our latest obsession has been a Thai BL called Dangerous Romance. The episodes are free to watch on YouTube. There will be spoilers, so you should definitely go and watch a series before listening to us fun girl about it. A little disclaimer, this will contain our personal opinions, random thoughts and theories. There will be cursing and also be aware that topics may be adult in nature and alcohol may be involved. Our laughter will be painful to listen to, but bear with us. Last time we reacted to the latest episode of Dangerous Romance, but now we want to talk about it some more. If you're still with us after all of this, join us on our downward spiral into our obsessions. Critical discussion for episode nine. Yeah, cool. cool. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's really funny because I went on down a really weird rabbit hole. I just think I was procrastinating again, you know, like I like to do. But I was thinking about the money that he took out because like, <laughs> and I don't know why I got so fixated on this, but I did because I was like, oh, I wonder how much money that is like in Australian dollars, like just out of curiosity. Huh? And how much is it? So, cause, because he talks about taking out a hundred grand, but like on the screen and that, it says that there's like a 20,000 like bar limit, like daily limit or whatever, which is about $850 Australian. It's about 550 US. And for you, it's about 2,592 Ron. So it's like not a lot of money. No considering all the shopping they seem to do and everything so maybe stuff's just cheaper over there I'm like I'm like now more and more I'm wanting to go there (laughs) and so I'm thinking maybe I'm just misunderstanding like and I may still be because as I said he keeps talking later like like later on about a hundred grand and all this sort of stuff but like I was thinking about his bike and like you know he sells it and buys it back for like 150,000 baht or whatever which is like six $6,000 here, okay? Now, I looked up the retail for a brand-new Ducati, and in <laughs> Australia, it's like $28,000. So I'm used to cars in America being a lot cheaper than they are here, but I, that, I'm like, I think I'm doing my maths wrong because that bike is really cheap over there. I'm like, you want a motorcycle? Go to Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I was just like, I think I'm getting the money wrong. But I got obsessed with the money. I don't know why. I just did. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I just have to say that the whole spending escapade is super dumb. <laughs> oh, it's-, it's so dumb. But but there's a reason why we refer to Kang as the, the boy with the lizard brain. So whatever. Well, it's so funny because like his whole logic in that first scene is like so confusing to Solomon. Like you see, you see all of the like moments of like absolute sla- horror slash confusion pass across <laughs> Solomon's face, and like he in the end he's just like, oh, but okay, like whatever. Um, <laughs> and then when he takes the money out and Kang's just like flashing it around the place like it's nothing, and Solomon's like having a mental breakdown over it. <laughs> like he's literally like, what are you doing? Put the money away. Um, I feel like in this episode, I had this thought, like, it feels like Kang is trying to give give Silom everything that he thinks he wants or needs. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because uh, we we kind of have different, I mean, maybe that is his motivation partially, but I... No, I, really... I, don't, think, I don't think it's his motivation, but now that I... I... I just had this thought, like, he wants this freedom, he wants this liberty, that money thrown into 
air, you know, all this. Uh, I don't know. It feels like something that maybe Salom would actually want to have in his life. Yes. Well, I mean, I think if you think think about it from uh, this perspective of what you're saying, it's interesting because, like, his ideas around money and stuff like that, King's ideas, like, he, it's not a big deal for him to be like, woohoo, a heap of money, because it's like, yeah, like, whatever. But, like, it's fun to do it with Salon because it means something, I think, is what you're getting at. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like the rich person experience or something. Yeah. But, but um, something that actually a rich person wouldn't really enjoy because they couldn't just have all this in in a normal day. Why? Yeah, why yeah would they, they take it for granted. He's, he's yeah. going to experience things that he would normally not pay attention to. He is, in, a, in essence, stopping to smell the roses, I guess. But, yeah, I just, I, like, literally just wrote down, ha-ha, salam, in the first few bits, giving Kang a bunch of what the fuck are you on about facial expressions? Because <laughs> that's like literally the first scene. Uh, but yeah, and what I also, the other thing I noticed while I was rewatching was that uh, Name is, the actor who plays Name is actually, and it is Name because uh, Safai calls yeah. him Name, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he is in the credits, like, and so, like, obviously not everybody who's in the show is in the credits, but, like, he is in the credits. So mm-hmm. he his character has weight in the show. So I'm like, eh, when I saw him in the credits. I hadn't, hadn't noticed him in the credits before. So I was just like, eh, <laughs> when I saw him there, I was like, okay, that concerns me slightly. But obviously he's going to be, you know, significant enough it's to warrant that they put him yeah. there. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, the whole <laughs> let this daddy pay comment. I'm just like, yeah. and then they went to this really, what looked like a really super fancy restaurant and ate a salad. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I mean, you can see like Kang ordering a bunch of stuff off the menu, but like the thing they showed them eating was like a salad. It was a really big salad, <laughs> but still, I was like, I feel like like a, like a big like lobster or like, I don't know, something it's expensive would have probably been a well you said it yourself they didn't have that much money yeah true if it was only that money if if my translation is correct then yeah i I guess (laughs) lobsters would have been out of the question (laughs) but yeah i'm just like uh i was so amused by that i was just like let daddy pay and you can have a salad but the the and also like in the shopping scene you know like how you said it was ridiculous or whatever i was like the multiple watches and pairs of sunglasses like, <laughs> sending me because I'm just like, what? Why? I why? Like I'm like, is are sunglasses and watches like the male version of shoes and purses? Because I'm just otherwise I don't understand. I'm like, wait, what? But yeah. and like if that was that was you know so we had lunch and then we had the shopping. But then the thing that really got me was the couple's massage. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I, I don't know really what to say about that. <laughs> I never really noticed it. I was like, how did I miss the fact that they had a full on couples massage? Like, I'm like, what is even happening right now? <laughs> I'm just like, are That's they on a honeymoon? So like, I mean, I suppose they are kind of on a honeymoon. So, <laughs> technically, but, well, you know, I mean, not technically, but you know what I mean. But um, it was funny. I, and I mentioned, you know, in the last podcast about how I'd been really surprised by 
Salom's easy acceptance of Kang spending his money mm-hmm. on him, or rather his father's money so freely. And, you know, I still think it's what I said before, that it was for Kang, like it was him buying stuff yeah. because he wanted to and not because Salom needed it, you know, so... Yeah, in this situation, he just tags along. That he, that's, he's not really interfering. He's no. not really changing. From his point of view, I think, he's not changing the course of things. Like, he didn't even express his idea of what Kang should do, how With he should act or, regarding... Yeah. Not really, about his power. Like, he oh. wanted to say something, but then Kang decided he would do this money escapade or something, and he just went along. Yeah. Yeah. And as as I said, I think last time I still sort of maintain as well that, you know, if he hadn't, if he had been like, oh, you need this or, you know, whatever, then maybe it wouldn't have gone down the same way. But it was, it's, it, I found it an interesting distinction um, mm-hmm. that it was more about, you know, like, let's just tralala, let's just get rid of this money, which is interesting as well for someone who's like worked so hard just to get every little bit. He seemed to actually enjoy Kang spending it and then we had Sophia being worried about Salom which makes sense it does um I don't really have much to say about it honestly because Mm -hmm. you know I mean I wasn't I was a little bit surprised at the time because I still wasn't really sure what to make of him um Mm -hmm. but I'm less surprised on the rewatch (laughs) um Mm -hmm. and the father you know saying that what didn't make what did what did interest me though is the father said how he was had been unable to reach either of them mm-hmm. so i mean i guess we have to assume that their phones were switched off um and maybe yeah. maybe if if this whole you know if what's said in later in the episode about you know um salom speaking to his father and all that is you know the case which i'm guessing where it, it's meant to be he probably got some sort of message when he turned his phone on to ring guy in which case, that's probably when that all yeah, sort of went down. Yeah, because Gaia also mentioned that he couldn't reach Salem, so their phones were that's right. Over. He said they, he wasn't answering. So, yeah, they must have had their phones off or something. And then we had the beautiful, beautiful, absolutely beautiful windmill scene with the swing mm-hmm. and that beautiful place that we want to go. <laughs> yes. And you know what? I think you were right here. I, I remember when we were watching it and I said to you that I thought I saw something else in Kang's expression when mm-hmm. Salon rejects him, rejects the offer to pay off his debts. But mm-hmm. I was wrong and you were right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man, you agree that he was happy to hear that. Yeah, ma- yeah. make a note. It's uh, what's the date <laughs> and the time. Please, it doesn't happen for really. I, I don't. I don't admit I'm wrong very often, so like write it down. Anyway, no, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing hair flips here oh. because come on, come on. I, no, you no. know, I I don't say, but I also think I'm right a lot of the time. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you 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 need to get on my party where I'm like I'm right. You just need to be like I'm right too. Uh-huh. You can be wrong over there. Um, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I very rarely admit it, so take that one. But yeah, I um, <laughs> I definitely think you're right. He looks relieved. He looks glad, and and he needs that reassurance. I think in this moment, it's just he needs to know that he's enough for Salom. I think, and he's like clearly thinking about his father, obviously, and maybe wanting to do things 
for himself. And you mentioned before too that people must want things from him, you know, like him or um, show him false respect, etc., because of his money all the time. And mm-hmm. so he's checking or he's like, I guess, confirming both that Salom is like different to that, mm-hmm. but also that he's enough, like yeah. he himself is enough. And um, it's interesting because it seems like this will change, obviously, because we'll, he'll feel differently when it's, you know, later when it's about the money and, he, you know, it's his money could help Salon, but it's being rejected. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, I have thoughts about this yeah, as well. It's really interesting because they both have really, act, actually have very, complicated relationships with money like we've talked about obviously Salom's um, issues at length but like it's not just Salom like I'm starting to realize that Kang might have just as many issues with his money as Salom does like he doesn't want Salom to want him for his money but he also doesn't want to feel rejected for it either Um, yeah it's all really complicated which makes it complicated between them because how do you explain that to somebody like how do you say to somebody like I, I'm more than this but like you can't you know I don't want you just to want me for this but you can't like also reject me for this it's like it's mm-hmm. super complicated yeah I feel like both of them have very contradicting feelings regarding all this mm. so Salom doesn't want to get rescued he doesn't want to use Kang he- <laughs> <laughs> What? Darcy, what do we do now? Just cut it. I like, don't cut it. Darcy just said something interesting. He, I'm telling him, but he's wrong because you're right. Keep going. <laughs> Thank you, Zoe. Thank you. <laughs> he needs to hear it. He doesn't believe me anymore. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> he wants to keep his integrity and independence, but at the same time, he just wants to give himself to Kang in almost every way possible, right? Which mm-hmm. is what he does in this episode. So I think when he asks jokingly, should I just become your sugar dad baby? Mm. He actually thinks about it. This is one of those weird thoughts that I had, like my my mind just wandering off in a weird, it's so really funny weird direction. I have I have some stuff about that too, but yeah, keep going. <laughs> yeah, so because you know, wouldn't it be so much easier to just let someone else? can like take care of him exactly Mm. take the burden of responsibility off his shoulders but he grew up as a person who naturally won't let someone else just be responsible instead of him Mm. when you have parents most of the time you rely on them you don't really burden yourself with too much care it's their business to provide for you Mm. but he grew up with an older brother instead of parents and even though his brother probably always kept reassuring him that it's okay. I think the more reassured he was, the more he wanted to give back and Mm. the more he tried to take matters into his own hands and take care of himself. I think the other thing is as well is like we we see or we've seen Sapphire as being not that reliable as well. So even if he was reassuring Salom that it will all be okay or it'll work out, don't worry, blah, 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 he has seen the reality of that that's not always the case. 
I don't really think that it's Saifa being not reliable. I think it's the cruelty of society and cruelty of of and reality of um being poor because mm-hmm. even though he tried it was not enough well he probably was a child as well when they remained without parents mm-hmm. so they they surely went through periods of time that were worse than uh, how they we see them now i think oh for sure and so this is this is a very like he, the more he cared for the person the more he wanted not to need that person's care the more he wanted not to have to rely on them and as for kang and him asking uh, what if he woke up one day without money, would Salom still like him? I feel like he's getting a, a hint of it and he just really wants to hear the words. When 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 Salom says um, he won't receive, uh, he doesn't want Kang to pay the debt for him, mm. he, gets, he gets a hint of yeah, I just want you, and he wants to hear the words. That's why he asks this, which is kind of obvious, but I want to say it. It's like confirmation. Confirmation, yeah. So why why his feelings are also contradicting is because because of Kang's reaction when Salom is beaten or sick. He is, like, addicted to Salom's moments of vulnerability. He craves them so much. He Mm. wants Salom to need him as much as he needs him because Mm. he he will fall apart if Salom withdraws his support. And, like, remember that hard thing that I said? I want to... How uh, I feel like Kang giving his heart to Salom is an irreversible thing. While Salom gave his heart to Kang provisionally because he is still wary. Mm. And Salom could take it all away if he decides to and still be okay. But okay, he will be hurt. He will be broken. He will be, not, he will not be the same anymore. He won't be, he won't really have hope. But if uh, Kang can take it back, Kang will just remain heartless. He mm. gave his heart forever yeah and he, so, he'll go back to who he was before but, but he will also be but he will be fully aware that he is heartless he wasn't i don't think he was really aware he was aware that there was an emptiness inside of him before mm. falling in love with salon but now he will be heartless and he will know it mm. and he will know what he's missing and so he hates salon's strength because of this because he needs him to need him but also he loves him he respects uh, Salom for it that's why he got his attention that's why he needs him because his strength is also the thing that gives him yeah and yeah yeah Yeah. it's like a a double-edged sword it's the thing he admires but also despises Mm. and it's I mean the other thing is 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 Kang, we we said this before, but Salom rejecting Kang's money is, you know, it, his money is a part of him. So it's like it's, yeah. it's interesting that he's he's posing the questions as well about, you know, if I didn't have it, blah blah blah, and all that. Because the fact of the matter is, he does. And when, if and when Salom rejects it, he's rejecting he's he's rejecting a part of Kang. Yes, he's, basically, Salom will be needing something. He will be needing help. Yeah. And Kang will want to offer that help to him. And Salom will say something like, no, I don't actually need you. Yeah. And that will break Kang. 
yeah, hearing that I he's mean, not needed. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is he is, he, we, we, you know, we've touched on this so many times, but like his, his own ideas of self-worth have been so low in the past and they're slowly building mm-hmm. up. Like every time, you know, Salom says something to this, every time he's confirming that he's enough or he's whatever, he's building him up. And, you know, he's getting more self-assured, more confident, more happy, everything, you know. And, mm-hmm. but he, he still, I think, you know, he's like, what can I give you if you won't mm-hmm. accept my comfort, if you won't accept my money, you know, like, like, what am I, you know, what can I do sort of thing? But- yeah, because he expresses he expresses the fact that he needs Salom all the time. He's open about it. Mm. But what Salom does is basically kind of say, telling Kang that he can just handle everything without him, that he mm. doesn't need it. But at the same time, it's this interest, this episode is so, so contradictory. He's so contradictory in that. Like mm-hmm. he repeatedly tells him that he belongs to him and tells him to take care of him. Mm-hmm. Like he literally Just says, take care, what, takes care of what, take, take care of what belongs oh, to you. Yeah, but he it's won't like, let him. Help like, me. It's like it's so. You save me, but please, but I don't need you actually to yeah. do it. But please save me. But no, yeah. but yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. It's like the other thing I was thinking is like presumably Salom has been watching Kang for like years from the sidelines, as far as mm-hmm. we've been told, right? So mm-hmm. I also feel like. He obviously has issues with taking Kang's money for like a bunch of reasons, but I also wonder, and I also also had to think about if one of them isn't also maybe that he doesn't want to be like others as well. Like he, he, the thing that he wanted from Kang wasn't money in the beginning. It was like love, mm-hmm. you know. And so mm-hmm. he doesn't want to be like other people who he's seen like being, I guess, like parasites or whatever. He he wants to be different for 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 Kang. Yeah. And I love in that scene, like when he asks him about, you know, if I had no if I, you know, had no money tomorrow or whatever and whatever he says. Um and how I love how Salom like takes a moment before he answers. Like he's not mm-hmm. just like, oh of course not, or you know, whatever. Like it has mm-hmm. more weight because like mm-hmm. he takes a moment. And, like, seriously, though, the slow-mo, fuzzy, smiling Salom is just, like, Kang's feelings bleeding all over my screen. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just, Aww. you know. And then we had the cute conversation about the sugar baby and that. And it's sweet, but it's also honest. Like, it's honest that he had that thought about, like, what it mm-hmm. would be like, you know, as you were saying. And yeah. to have an easy life, and it makes sense because he hasn't had that easy life, you know. It makes his integrity more interesting but it also makes me wonder you know like you were saying you you know you had your thoughts on that but it, I do make me wonder if there was like one thing or something that happened that like entrenched so strongly in him this integrity that's like unbounding you know like he's his unbreakable sort of you know unbending will in regards to like what he thinks is the right thing to do I'm, I'm yeah I don't know I'm curious Maybe to see if, we, if we get more information about that, you know. I feel like sometimes, usually it's more of a bigger brother. Doesn't, isn't it like the 
bigger brother, bigger sister yeah, trait. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a role reversal for sure. But, I mean, that's not – I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's more often than likely, like, you know, normally mm-hmm. like that. But then, I mean, you know, if I think about my own personal situation – my sister who's older than me and and myself we're very different and we have very different components to us and we Mm -hmm. do things very differently and and so I can see how it can be like this if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. depending on what's Mm -hmm. happened Mm -hmm. you know and and depending on the parents yeah what he was like depending and what happened to the parents as well matters a lot and how they perceived what happens to the, happen to the parents yeah and I'm really I really am I mean I, I honestly don't know that we're really going to get any of that information I would love to get mm-hmm. some more information in regards to that and even Kang's mom like I feel like these things have such big impact on this yeah. story and I don't think we're going to get I don't think we're going to get any of that but like yeah the potential for some really interesting you know moments um yeah. I think will be lost because we won't go they won't go there which is it's fine it's not unusual it's, you, we often don't you know like more often than not in in these sorts of dramas when the parents are you know not there you know mm-hmm. you sometimes not even clear whether they're dead or not you just they're just not there you know what I mean so but I mean obviously we know Kang's mom's dead but we don't know what happened you know was yeah. she sick did she die was there an accident you know like it's we don't know so and I mean, all death is traumatic, but like, there's a big difference between, you know, accident, illness, you know, sudden, long, you know, it's, it does affect you differently. Yeah. So, yeah. So I want to say that if they're trying to do, which it looks like uh, 180 on the father, like kind of leaving me behind with this, mm. I do think that children with shitty parents can be good people oh, because we had, we had that line we had that line with the child where he was like oh i have to thank your father for you know raising such a good son remember when <laughs> kang buys stuff for the children can you hear it <laughs> you can hear I darcy darcy would you like to be a part of this podcast do you have something interesting to say about Kang Why are you asking him? He's responding now. You're encouraging him. <laughs> I actually want. I actually wanted him to answer me when I asked the question. Everyone okay, loves so. it. You love it, don't you, Darcy? Darcy is our guest, special guest. <laughs> she like, thinks he put... has really interesting things to say. Always. We should put a picture of Darcy on Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So I do think the father could have a redemption arc. But he would have to show, actually show interest and care and effort. And we have, we have to see it on screen and not just Salom saying that, oh, actually, actually he talked to me and we we're exchanging messages. And, but there's nothing. Like he is dismissive and indifferent and cold when, yeah, well, in I mean, even, the moment even when the, he shouldn't be. Yeah, even in the trailer, like for next week, the grandmother says to him, you know, don't forget about his game are you going to his game in Karat or whatever? And he says, oh, I've got to go to the governor's birthday or whatever yeah. the fuck he says. And it's like... like so- he should be, she should be warm and kind and uh, interested and involved with his son most and not with other people. Like yeah. Because the way he is represented makes his kind of kindness read just as a facade to me, a face mm. that he puts on to appeal to people as a politician. 
Because yeah. this is something that politicians do sometimes, especially the corrupted ones. Mm. They like, like um, I'm, I'm thinking about the bike. They mm. give people things that they that people think they want, but not what they need. Yeah. And just to show that they're kind and also boost boost their own uh, popularity. But the things that they give out do nothing in the long run and don't really change anything. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to know what the hell they're going to do. I mean, I get the impression from what I've seen, like, accidentally, that in the book he's not, like, this – he's not how we perceive him in this show. So mm-hmm. I don't know whether they're going to go somewhere completely different or if this is their way of backpedaling. Like, they tried to pu- push us in a direction and now they, they're saying, like, oh, no, wait, hang on, actually, he's this – or whether mm-hmm. this is just like a fake out and we're not, you know, it's not what we think. I mean, it's it'll be devastating for Kang if his dad really is a dick. But, um, I mean. Well, I he already thinks he's a dick. <laughs> oh, no, I know. But do you know what I mean? Like, he's ha- he still has, like, in his little boy heart, he has hope that, wow. like, there's some interest there and that, like, something mm-hmm. will come of it. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, if that lasts like vestige of hope is taken away then you know it's gonna really really shitty for him but I I can't I'm like I I need if they're gonna do some sort of reconciliation like you I need to see something I need to see like yeah. the effort behind it because at the moment you're right there's no effort it seems very fake and it could just be the actor it could just be that's how he comes across I don't know like I'm I am curious to see how they're gonna try and play this out so I mean, and we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. Like in the next episode, obviously, clearly someone comes out in a stretcher. Um, so we don't know. Oh, but if he it... told his son that you're good for nothing. Like without my help, without my money, you're I nothing. I know, you can't what? really come back from that. I mean, w- this is the thing. This is why I feel like we need to know more about their backstory. Because like, not that there's any excuse for him treating him like that. But like, how did they get like that? Was he always a dick yeah. and, and the mother was just like the only kind like bridge between them? Or like did he become like that after she died? Like, do you know what I mean? Like I feel like I need yeah. this information. Um mm-hmm. so and I mean we may it may be that like something happens to his dad and like it's like a rude awakening and so like suddenly he's like, you know, father of the fucking year or something. I don't know. Like because you know it scares him or whatever I don't know I can't I can't picture that part of the storyline and how it's going to unfold because it like it doesn't really make sense I feel like I'm missing pieces you know what I mean to to really sort of be able to formulate any sort of real idea that isn't that he's evil (laughs) Mm -hmm. because it just I feel like he's evil but yeah (laughs) um I was gonna say uh I was gonna say um yeah so yeah and then we got the hotel room but can you imagine if they did that scene in with uh with the watch actually with the intention to show us that he's actually he's a good person because that read totally ugly and wrong to me and yeah i did not yeah this is what i I wonder if it's just the actor, the way the actor's playing it, because I don't know, like... Yeah, I don't know, I, mean, the, I don't think it's the actor, the gesture, the gesture is just bad. Yeah, but the ge- yeah, that's right, the gesture is wrong, but then if you th- if you come at it from, like, 
the way his mind probably think works. He probably feel like if you if you look at it from his like skewed kind of like rich man perspective, like maybe he's like, oh my bad, like I accused you of taking this thing, you didn't do it, but like I'll give it to you as compensation. Like and it's it is so condescending and so like yes because like he carried on like such an idiot about it and now suddenly it's not worth anything to him. Like mm-hmm. so it's just yeah. yeah. But like he's he's it's it's important enough to like almost ruin someone's life over or whatever like livelihood. So exactly, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I can't really see how you can. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they were trying to point out the difference in the like thought process or something. Because I mean, clearly Sophia was like, "What the fuck?" about the whole thing. Like he was very uncomfortable. So I feel like it's either. <laughs> Like, I don't know, it was such a weird scene to include anyway. Like, I feel like if it's not significant for some reason, like, why include that scene at all? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I just feel like that the him having that watch is going to come back to, like, bite him in the ass later on, which then means that the, that the father is bad. Or at least he's going to, you know, cause problems, like, knowing knowing that he gave him that. And I also don't like him calling Seifar to drive him at all. Like, call a fucking Uber. <laughs> what? I think he has his own job. He's employed by the grandma. What the fuck is this? Like, do you think people are, are there to serve you? Like, I, I really don't. I don't is, like the, the vibe. The, yeah, the thing is, though, I guess, I mean, a lot of people who do have money, they, like, one one person in the service industry is as good as good as the next like I remember I was on holidays once and I was staying in this hotel and this super rude super arrogant guy um I won't say like what country he was from but um he was like really really arrogant and he was like all but like yelling at this poor like maid out in the hall because of something that had been done to like his clothes or something. Like obviously he'd sent something down to be laundered or whatever. And he wanted her to fix it. Like he wanted her to stop her job, which was basically like, you know, cleaning the rooms and like fix his shirt for him, like go and get him mm-hmm. a new shirt and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, I, I, I couldn't believe it. Like I literally had to step in between them and I'm little, like I'm four foot nine. <laughs> right. And this guy was like six, four or something. And I literally had to stand in between them and be like, you know, this isn't her job, right? And also we were in a country where English isn't the main language. So I don't even think she understood what he was saying. Um, Mm. And like, there's nothing like an angry white guy screaming in your face who's like massive. And I was just like, you know, she's clearly not someone who works down like in, like she's not a dry cleaner or like a whatever, like, you know, ring freaking the front Mm. desk. (laughs) And make a complaint, you know, just like complain to some random person who's in the hallway who's like, job, it isn't to do this. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's just, but for him, she was service. So she, one, one service person was as good as the next, you know, and I feel like that's like, he clearly had money, you know, he kept flashing his Rolex at me. Um, (laughs) All I saw was his big meaty fists and and I'm just like thinking, wow, if he tries to hit me one of those, I'm just going to like end up on the floor. (laughs) but um mm-hmm. i was just like fucking you're a rude prick you know and i told him so <laughs> but like i it just to me illustrates that you know he 
he all he saw was someone in a uniform that was there to serve mm-hmm. him. He didn't care yeah. whether it was her job or her responsibility or whatever. So, like, I can see that mentality, like, as to why he would think it was okay to poach. Like, and it's not even like he's just like a and I'm like, this is going to sound, if I say it the way I was going to say it, that sounds really bad. But like, it's not like he is just one of the house staff. He is there to care for his, for the grandmother. Like he has a yeah. very specific skill set job. Like yep. he wouldn't be there if she didn't need his help. So like, he can't just go off tra-la-la-la-la or he shouldn't be because otherwise, what the fuck's he doing there? If he's not yeah, going to be there, which if she him. needs him. Just being available for any shit that he suddenly wants and for, uh, you know, watering the plants or whatever. Like, <laughs> I know, what right. the fuck? I mean, yeah. I mean, Safai does offer, I think, as well, like, in the father's defense. But, I mean, I, I feel, I think that's because he just feels, like, mm. uncomfortable. And also, Safai is very opportunistic in, like, regards to making extra money and stuff. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, it's it's it's, it's definitely true. like it's about the privilege, yeah, yeah. So, um, and then we have the hotel room, and I loved oh. this scene. Like, I really liked it. I loved the way they took another way to show like the difference in their experience and their, you know, uh, ideas of things, because we've seen we've seen the difference in their, um, you know, <laughs> we've seen the difference in their lives essentially, and. Yeah you know, their status and everything. And this is, but this was just another, like a different way to re-illustrate it. And I thought it was like a good way to do it, you know, because I mean, obviously they're going to, they, they've been hammering it to us in different ways, but like, it's always good. I feel like the show can illustrate something to you in a different way. Like it's not just mm-hmm. the same thing over and over again. So I liked that. And I also just love how soft Kang is in this scene with him. Like he's just... Like, it's funny because you said about how, like, much of a hard-on he has for um, <laughs> traumatized, unconscious. Unconscious. Salom. I literally just wrote, like, this is his dream come true, is a sequel, <laughs> unconscious Salom. Like, and it's sad that that's the case. But, like, he's just he just really wants to take care of him, you know, like, for real. And I wanted to uh, – something else occurred to me this in this scene and I wanted to wait until the end of the show to to see if I was correct and I can talk about it now because I I do like I watched the whole episode and it was interesting to me because if you looked at the clothes that clearly they purchased when they were having their shopping spree or whatever the things they chose to keep in that anyway like even when they sold other stuff like all of the clothes that Salom is wearing all of them are his style like they're probably slightly better quality or like whatever than he maybe more expensive than he would normally buy. But like, there's nothing like there's been no, there's been no sort of like effort. It seems on Kane's mm-hmm. part of trying to like dress him better or like change him in any way. And I absolutely loved mm-hmm. that. Like I loved that it was such a little thing. And I, in the first watch, I didn't notice. I didn't pay attention to it. It was only in, <clears throat> sorry, in the hotel scene. I noticed how his, you know, the shirt he was wearing was very, it was a very Salom sort of shirt. And then I was like, I, w- I wonder if this is the same all the way through. And yeah, his clothes very much are something that he would like, he, you know, you would see him wear in the rest of the show. And I just thought that's really like cool because this would be a good, good uh, opportunity for Kang to be like, 
you know, if, if he was of that way inclined to be trying like dress him up like a doll, you know, like in the way he wanted him to look or whatever. And clearly Kang doesn't give a shit. He's just, he just wants him. And I love that. Cause that seems to be like at the bottom line for both of them, they just want each other. It's like all the other crap that's like going to get in the way. But I just really, yeah, all the other crap really does get in the way. Mm. The money gets in the way. The lack of money gets gets in the way. I know, right? But it's just like yeah. these little fundamentals. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't look at Salom and see, like, you know, like he he doesn't look at him and judge the way he's he's dressed or like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. He's just in, in instead he's like stealing his clothes because they smell good. Like he's he he has like this. He has like this like lizard brain <laughs> where he's just like he 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 can't like you know because Salem's like what the hell man why are you wearing my like cheap ass t-shirt and it, you know he's just like smells good <laughs> smells like Salom smells good <laughs> yeah. um That's so and it's funny because you know this uh, reminds me of how you were saying before about how like. Salome is like so eager to do everything for him even like down to stripping off and like wearing Kang's like uniform so that it smells like him because it, he knows it's a comfort to him it's just <sighs> it's frustrating that he won't let Salome uh, he won't Salome won't let Kang do the same I mean not that like Salome wants Kang to strip off and wear his uniform but you know what I mean <laughs> yes so, okay, so we had Gaia and Nava, which, like, all I really have to say about that is that, like, I just love them. Um, and then the bank is dried up. <laughs> so They're sharing one bra- brain cell and I just, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I'm dying every time I see them on screen. Yeah. I know, right? Um, and then, yeah, then the bank is dried up. They can't get any more money out. And... Then they're sitting on the oval watching the kids play soccer. And I just, this is like nothing to do with the show, but I have to comment on it. What is it with ties and like drinking drinks out of plastic bags? <laughs> it's like the weirdest thing to me. And only because I'm so, I'm such a catastrophe. Like I have enough trouble drinking out of a bottle or a can or something like if you were to give me a, hand me a drink in a plastic bag with a straw hanging out of it, I would be wearing that in five minutes, less than five minutes. If I was if I was wearing light colors, like I I have no idea how they meant. Like they walk around with these bags drinking out of them, and I'm just like, how? And more importantly, why? <laughs> like for real. I mean, how do you manage that? Like how do you not? I mean, I was getting out the car today after going to the shops, and I had like you know things in a shopping bag and I like bent over to pick something up and it all just fell out on the ground you know as it does and I'm just like you know you should try my solution you know what my solution is what's your solution not going to the store not buying anything (laughs) not having a drink not Not having any food exactly but yeah I'm just like how do they do that I mean like I I had a, a drink and it had a lid oh, it had a lid on it like a bottle with the drink with the lid on it and I dropped it and still managed to like spill it all over the place and so I'm just I'm I'm amazed I'm starting to think that they're like all superheroes or something like how the hell do they manage that but yeah so I totally was just and it's really funny because of course they have their bag drinks when they were like 
you know, we're so poor. <laughs> Let's drink out of our bags. And then <laughs> they went and sold the bike and came back and they had cans. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> okay. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm just, it's so funny when they, not funny, but like when we, we talked about it last week about, I, I, I was so excited because I was like, I'm right in the, <laughs> in the reaction. I was so pleased with myself about uh, Kang's like instant bar remorse, uh, not bar remorse, oh, seller's remorse yeah. rather. And of course the, you know, for a second there, the kids make him feel good. He does this nice thing. You know, we have the cute little drinking scene with the cans. And it's so funny, like the scene with the can where um, <laughs> Kang like takes a mouthful and then is sort of like, Oh yeah, trying to put it in some like mouth. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, why did I see Perth there? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I felt like that was more Perth and Jimon than it was uh, Salom and Kang. But <laughs> well, they I do like, like yeah. to take stuff from the real life of actors and kind of pull mm, it in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, like yeah, have this yeah, habit I'm just, in the series. I just feel like it seems like it would be something he would do to to, to torment him. <laughs> But yeah, and then I loved how like it came back from after, and suddenly they have two cans. <laughs> Just like these cans are multiplying. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the cute little boy who pulled on Kang's heartstrings about his father, and Salon saying to him, "You should run for MP." When he's talking about like why he was doing the good things for the kids, mm-hmm. and like isn't that what the father's doing? Something like that, some sort of politician rule or something. So I yeah, thought that was kind of kind of interesting. And I'm like, is this going to be one of those things that, like, comes back later? Mm. And then we had a really beautiful <laughs> Can you scene. imagine Salon being like, you should do this. And Kang is like, oh, I should do this. And then, then he makes it his life goal because Salon yeah. says so. <laughs> like, I, well, I mean, I wouldn't. It's like, it's definitely possible. <laughs> um <laughs> We had the really beautiful night scenes. We had a couple of them actually in this episode. We had like the nighttime scene of the windmill, mm-hmm. and then we have the we and then we, it moves to the new hotel room, where Kang like tries to get into Salom's bathtub. <laughs> like, well, not to Salom's bathtub, but he's like trying to talk him into letting him get in the bath with him. Um, I just I want to say how interesting is that he does say it i'm an introvert and we laughed about that but mm-hmm. look he won't let it go like he remembers the stuff he was affected by this he will bring it up it was kind of petty is it petty it, petty yeah it was but i mean like that was a total douchebag thing for <laughs> for king to do at the time as well yeah so, it was, but I, what, what a I, moment I, to bring it up like here you want vulnerability i can't really give that to you because you hurt me yeah i guess a little bit i mean it's yeah it's probably a little bit of that but i think it was also just because he didn't want to go there like he's like still feeling a little bit awkward and a little bit you're unsure and angry but maybe even a little bit as you said no i don't Um, think yeah i'm not saying he's angry but yeah of course obviously he had all virgin alarms going off and yeah <laughs> I, think, I think mixed feelings there's still like mm-hmm. you can still you can still be angry and hurt and not and like be sort of over it at the same time do you know what I mean I like because think... it's like I feel like there are moments where 
you know, you're completely fine about something. Mm. I mean, I'm sure we've all experienced this in, in relationships, even if it's just some little stupid fight you've had or something. And you can be completely fine and you think you're absolutely over it and then something will happen. Someone will say something, someone will do something. And it may not even be that they've done something bad. It's just whatever they've done has triggered you like in some True. way. Yeah. 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 And there's like the petty just comes out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're just like, And I feel like you're probably right. It's probably a little bit of that. So, um, but I just, I love, like, I literally love the sliding doors and Kang being, all about watching that one man show like he's just like (laughs) i can still see you um and then the curtains is just hilarious but um two cuties in a bathtub i first of all in in case anyone is still like oh then they're not sexy or they're they're like bros in the bathtub or something the music gives us the clue that this is not a serious intimate scene it's not meant to be sexy it's awkward it's funny we're meant to be laughing at them yeah well i I don't know what they're doing i'm sorry yeah i mean the thing is in the beginning it is a serious intimate intimate scene but not in the way that like people probably were hoping for because it's like kang like for all his flirting before and everything like, I think Kang gets in the bathtub because he just didn't want to be alone in the other room. Like, I feel like he wanted to talk to Salom about, like, these thoughts he was having. And mm-hmm. he just wanted to be close to him. So, yeah, he like, needed to go to the fucking bathroom because, you know, the bathroom. That's right. <laughs> it's, like, it's like he, tr- yeah, that's right. He needed to be in their bubble. Um, yeah. <laughs> or in this case, in their bubble bath. <laughs> <laughs> um, see what I did there? Yeah, uh-huh. Very um, so good, though. <laughs> It's like I feel like I need like a you know like a drum kit and do the <laughs> yeah that one <laughs> the little hi hat um yes yes I'm here all week um <laughs> yeah and I feel like like he you know I mean like he trusts Salom's judgment for things you know like he yeah it's like to a certain extent he was having a conversation with himself but like I mean he's talking to Salom obviously but like it's like he's 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 speaking all of his thoughts out loud he's bouncing yeah, but that's off what him. you do right when you have mm. when something bothers you you want to talk to the people that you trust and hear, have them hear you out and maybe hear their opinion that's that's right and of course then once he gets these worries off his chest and he has it all sort of sorted in his head he's back he's back yep. and he's ready to flirt and then although the thing is is actually salam starts it because yeah. And it's like a little bit of that whole like, you know, don't write a, a check that your ass can't cash. Because <laughs> he gets shy, like literally sort of as soon as Kang starts getting close. And then it's Because so Kang is like, in the beginning, he's like, if it's making you blush, just put your hand on the water. <laughs> then yeah, I know, right? When it becomes Wait. too much for Salom, he does just that. Yeah, he does, right? Like, it's just... And we had the heartbeat and it's like, yeah. I love them. It's like, I love them when they're so like sweet and cute. And we got this another long stare without like a hint of awkwardness. Like it was just like, they were both kind of like testing each other. Do you know what I mean? And then, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Kang's like, I, I, I give up. I'm going for it. And Salam's like, nope, not today. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
<laughs> and, and I just, yeah. This is the moment he sir, says the what's already yours, you must take care of it, right? This this is when the heartbeat starts and also the long stare that you just talked about, right? Yeah, because, and that is, that's what I mean when I say he sort of starts the flirting because he he says that first, like he brings that up and... What do you I think mean, he brought that up? Like, I mean, they were talking about the bike and Kang was saying how what's not his, he should return it. And then Selom says, what's already yours, you must take care of it. What do you think he decided to say that? Look, I honestly don't know. I kind of feel like it was a bit of a flirt, but I also feel like, I mean, clearly he meant it because he, he brings it up again later on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that he... Both times he brings it up, it is sort of an intimate situation. So, like later, clearly later on, it, it means it has a, it definitely has a double meaning when he says it. I feel like the second time, and so I feel like this time as well, it probably did too. Like I feel like he's being a little bit flirty, but he's also being very serious. And I feel like this is just. I was thinking. I was just also thinking about like, and the bike is something that Kang feels he doesn't deserve. And that's why he has to return it. Mm. Uh, well, if Salo means himself when he says what's already yours, you must take care of it. He's like, it's like, well, you do deserve me. You know yeah, I, mean? I think I think as well. It's like it's it's kind of an answer. It's yet another answer to all of the questions that Kang has asked him so far. You know, so far, mm-hmm. like the the thing about you know, if I didn't have any money. You know, it's just one more way for him to say that, like, he likes him. Like, he chooses mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, his wording is very potentially problematic for later on just because, it's so interesting you know, like. Because, yeah, because he cannot say, I, you know, he cannot say, I need you. He doesn't say, mm-hmm. I need you. He, say, he says, he kind of says, take ownership, take responsibility of me. But he can't say, he can't bring himself up to say, I need you. Even though Ken says it to him multiple times in different ways, right? Mm-mm. Because for, for Salom, saying something like that would be like summoning the depth monster, the bringing up all the class and not bringing shit difference Mm-mm. and everything that could end their relationship from his point of view. Mm-hmm. So his way, his way, his I need you is actually take I'm care yours. Of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm yours, take care, care of me. me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I Don't think let me well, go. Like, yeah, I think as well, maybe it's his no, way. Oh my God, Zoe, don't let me go. Can't let the bike go because it's not him. But if he says I'm yours, it's like, don't let me go also because I'm yeah. yours. Don't. I think so. I think so too, and I think as well from Kang's, uh, from Salom's perspective, he probably looks at Kang as like quite materialistic, mm-hmm. and so you know we we had this theme between them from the beginning about like Kang wanting to own him, mm-hmm. and like so this idea of being freely given and being something that belongs to him, um, like. You know, and if you think about it as well, like Kang is somebody who he doesn't really seem like, you know, like he he sells the bike and everything. But even though he has these belongings, he doesn't really seem like the kind of like rich boy who just discards things. 
you know, like a lot of rich people, like, you know, they use something, they break it, like they throw it away or like, you know, they don't like it. So they give it to someone else or, you know, whatever. Like he doesn't come across that way. Look at, look at his belongings and stuff. Like he has the umbrella from when he was a kid. Now, obviously it makes sense because it's clearly like, (laughs) (laughs) no, but like, do you know what I mean? Like he, but he still has the same umbrella from when he was little. Like that's, you know, for a boy, that's pretty big. Like, I mean, boys are rough with shit, you know, like as a rule. I think it's still because, I think it's still because like he even said that when he was little, his mom used to buy stuff for him. So yeah, I think he, that's why it's important to him because it's something his mom bought to him. Yeah, but it's not even just that. Like I'm, I'm like I'm using that as an example, and I'm, yeah. I'm gonna build on it now. Yeah. When I t- when to go back to if you if you think about like his upset and his like slight horror at the fact that his grandma had cut up that shirt that was his, and his grandma's like, "You've got thousands of him of them or whatever," and he's like, "Yeah, but it's mine," and it, you know, I really liked it. Like he, he's not, he doesn't come across as the kind of like person who even though they're, you know, somewhat materialistic is like things lose value just because he has, just because they're his, you know what I mean? So like, if you, if you're someone who observes and obviously Salom is, and he's obviously observed, been observing Kang for a long time. And, you know, I think he takes everything in, like it, to me, it does make sense for him to like want to equate himself in Kang's mind as something that belongs to him. Well, it hits, fits his personality because he's very possessive, though. Yeah, oh, it does, that too. And that's why it's like, I, I it's such a red flag for me because, I mean, we know what's going to happen. We know essentially the the roundabouts about what's gonna what's coming up and him using that kind of terminology, first off with someone who is super possessive and, and whatever, and then just being like, <laughs> like going against it later on. It's just, oh. I'm like, I want to <laughs> shake him a little bit, but you know, what can you do? So yeah, it's just, yeah. So what do you think Kang left to gamble by himself? Is it because he was worried to evolve so long? Or is it because of fear of being judged? What no, I feel like it was probably just that like, he didn't want to, he doesn't want to be a burden. Like, it's funny because, you know, you feel like, we know that Salom sort of feels the same way. I think it's just they they actually, I think, have very similar feelings and fears towards one another for different reasons, right? Mm -hmm. And because they're not, like, it's so funny because it's clear that they have serious talks and they communicate about some really, like, serious deep shit. Like, we've seen either the aftermath of that or we actually have seen those scenes. Uh, But, like, there's so much that they're not saying. Yeah. And it's like, and and yet they they have very similar feelings towards each other. They have very similar fears and doubts, and you know all the rest of it. And so you know, Salam doesn't want to be a burden, whether it's financially, whether it's like whatever. He doesn't want to his crap to touch Kang, and I feel like Kang doesn't want his crap to touch Salam as well. In this in this instance, like he, I think he thinks it's his problem. It's hit like we had he had that conversation with Salam in the bathtub. It's his responsibility. He's the one who's fucked up. He he did something that was wrong, and so now he's he's trying to make it right. So, um, and it's not dissimilar to to Salom sort of cutting him out, but yet Sil- Salom puts himself in the position to help Kang, whether he asks for it or not. 
And of course, Kang is happy to see him, you know, and it's like, whereas we know that the flip side may not necessarily be the same, you know, when, yeah. when, when Salom could use his help and Kang shows up, he may not be welcome. Yeah. So, so or he may be, he may be very welcome, but like Salom won't be able to, as you say, he won't be able to say, like, thank God you're here. I needed you. Like, he won't be able to just say that. It'll he, it'll come out in anger first. It will come out in I don't need you. I can do yeah. this by myself. Mm. Because he's afraid. I like. I feel like it's and it comes down to loss, doesn't it? Like they've both experienced this huge loss, and and as you're saying, you're like if Kang experiences again, like he can't come back from that. Salom is Salom is trying to protect himself from it because. If he lets himself go and he he probably knows that he also can't come back, like if he lets himself go from that that loss. Because yeah. they've both experienced this now. You know what I mean? Like they both know what it's like to have somebody in your corner, to have somebody who cares, you know, who who doesn't That's care about Yeah, and who's just like, you know, loves mm-hmm. you and wants to be there or whatever. To lose that is pretty well, I mean, it's, you know, soul-destroying, isn't it, really? So the physics calculations idea killed me. It's ridiculous. Well, <laughs> but, no, I mean, I mean as, as somebody who used to play, like, a lot of, like, April and snooker, I get what he was trying to say, but it's not really physics. It's more, like, geometry or something. It's, like, no, it's like you, you math-based, know, like, which... which, which yeah, it's about which Trying angle to help should I someone else. Like, uh, that was just funny. But, I you know, know he was, was there at the wind to the windmill. He was yeah. there providing support. I did, I did think the physics thing was, was funny, though, because, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, because physics would imply, like, how how hard to hit the ball, like, how much uh-huh. force. Whereas, like, <laughs> it's more like, it's more as I said, it's more like geometry or something. It's like what angle. No, the, the, the angle is also physics. It's also physics. But Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, but I did. I bet his that. presence did help, though. <laughs> of course it did, because he's the wind beneath his wings. <laughs> and also, it's funny how the guys uh, took Salom's help seriously, because he was basically a cheerleader. But okay, I guess I didn't want to lose money, and also being superstitious during a game, a game is not mm-hmm. unheard of. So. All right. And also it's interesting how when they start, you know, losing, they start threatening Siloam as Kang's property. Mm-hmm. And he even has to say something like, deal with me, why involve him? They don't threaten Kang. They threaten to do something to Siloam. Mm. I think it's probably because of the way Kang, you know, is with him. Mm. It's very, he's he's not really great at like, <laughs> not being 100% completely obvious of his feelings. Yeah. So it's... it's That's you know, the most important you're... thing to him in that room and the, the guys threaten yeah. that to take yeah, that. Yeah, that's open. right. Yeah. That is their easiest path of entry to get what they want. But yeah, I'm still, I, I still can't get over the whole, like, how could I not know when you got out of bed comment? <laughs> Super aware of each other in the bed, huh? 
well just like i mean it's just it's just really cute it's very domestic like it's very you know i mean you usually have to sleep with someone for like a really long time before like those sorts of things wake you up or like whatever you know not necessarily i don't think so (laughs) but well i mean if you're a light sleeper then anything will wake you up but like generally you know Mm -hmm. Mm. okay (laughs) <laughs> that's just my my personal experience then oh i just wanted to make a comment about when they're running away when they're running away from the the guys they hustled at the pool hall and they they run around the little corner like the little fence and then like perth just throws his jacket on not perth <laughs> sorry came through his jacket on the ground and the reason why i said perth is because perth picked it up and wore it last night <laughs> I was just like, I never realized he threw it on the ground. And then he was just like, oh, I'll just wear this. This looks like a good thing to wear. <laughs> I mean, I understand it looks really fine on him, but still, I thought that was quite funny. Do you mean yesterday at the GM Amaryville thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I th- and, and that scene as well, you had, you know, we had that, we had that moment where Salome is concerned that, you know, it won't just be as simple as just handing over the money because like he's used to things not going easy or not working out, like not things don't come easy to him. So Mm -hmm. it's funny. I just, before we go on, I just want to take a moment here and just talk about something. So in, I know some previous podcast in the reaction one, or if it was in the previous um critical discussion you brought up the words that salom says at the beginning of the series Mm -hmm. i went back and i watched those tonight because i could not remember i mean i knew the i knew the general gist of it but i couldn't remember Mm -hmm. the exact words (laughs) what was on the screen at the time and everything so Mm -hmm. i went back today tonight and i watched it okay and (laughs) i thought it was really interesting because it's i feel like we're not going to know until the end like if it fits that moment that we're seeing or if it's about what's about to happen because basically he says like how he you know everything's so uneven mm-hmm. and he I'm um, once again I'm paraphrasing um but like he's worked so he's striving like he's really trying really hard to pull himself up and get better and you know have have better and mm-hmm. how like he he's so close and then then he's back where he started sort of thing like back where he feels like crap and that you know like shit's going mm-hmm. not right for him essentially mm-hmm. but when he's talking about that it's in the scene where um kang is bullying him and like undoing his shirt and all of that so that him saying that could be in reference to that moment because in that moment he was pretty low yeah or it could be as to what's to come. He's got to this point where everything's really good. Things have been built up. He's super positive about the world, about the universe. Mm-hmm. And then it's all going to go to shit, which we know it's going to, we know it's going to go to shit, but we don't know how it's going to end. So mm-hmm. I'm and hoping- I think the thing that is happening in episode one is actually not him materialistically going down, but him feeling like shit because of what's happening especially if we know now consider the fact that he had feelings for kang um during that time he felt like yeah, shit I, I him. so yeah, 
I don't think it needs to be about materialistic though, because it just even like, so in the beginning, he's, you know, well, not in the beginning, but like he has this scholarship, he's working towards things, he's got his friends, he's in a good place. And now his scholarship, essentially at every turn, Kang is like threatening his scholarship as well. So I feel like it still fits in that moment. No, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it doesn't fit. I mean, he was low because of his emotions mostly and the things oh, that were yeah. and I'm thinking that's gonna happen in the future as well. Oh for sure. Like I feel like it will fit. Like I this is like the that. thing. I feel mm-hmm. like it fits with what's coming up as well. But mm-hmm. like it's a it was it seems very final, like the way he says it. So mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like that's the last thing he says and then the show starts so it's like at that moment it was final because that was Mm -hmm. like the last thing he said in that moment so I it's very clever because as I said it could literally fit for right then or Mm -hmm. it can fit for where we're going it all depends on how it ends so can you imagine if they bring up that monologue again I'm gonna hurt them so bad I'm like, uh, it's like, I love it, but I hate it. But anyway, yeah. I want to an- analyze that scene. So the guy tells Kang to beg or give him the money back, right? Kang tries to jump at the guy. Salom stops him. Mm-hmm. And he says, give him the money and let's go. Trust me. Because that's the way, that's his way of dealing with him, with uh, things like this, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then the guy mocks he, uh, Kang by bringing up his father. Kang mm-hmm. attacks him. Then Salon jumps in front of Kang and says, uh, tells to the guys, I beg you to stop. And he gets beaten. Mm-hmm. That's probably not something that he has to do a lot, jumping in front of, you know, the people in front of the fight and beg mm. for them to stop and so then they get beaten and the guy basically says pick your fights dumbass Why? while Kang only sees what he's done to Ceylon in that moment mm. so Kang grabs his foot and tells the guy he's willing to do what the guy wants and what the guy wants is for him to beg at his feet right and then mm. we get the bad flashbacks Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the moment Kang acknowledges how much he still needs his dad and love and, love and adaption and how the bike represents the hope that his dad actually cares for him. It's so Did funny. I can't wait. I can't wait to say what I've got to say. <laughs> what do you want to say? I'm, I'm loving. Are you, are, you, are you still got more? I still have more, but I can stop uh, because I have... I, I have I have some stuff to say regarding uh, what this moment when Kang begs means for him. Mm. Um, well, it, it's yeah. funny because I this scene they got off pretty lightly, honestly, and it's interesting mm-hmm. that that Salom sort of says to him, "Give him the money and let's go." Like he feels like that's going to end it all. When in actual mm-hmm. fact, they don't even take the money. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't even take the money that they feel like they were robbed or whatever. They just, they, he is the, the, the guy, let's call him the bully. He's not a bully, but let's just call him that because I don't know what his name is. He is completely satisfied with Kang doing what he asked him to do, essentially. And it's like, we've talked about this, like about how Kang is willing to lower himself 
you know, what he's willing to willing to lower himself for example, for example. And like at the, at, at, at that time, I mean, I was watching and I was like, I didn't really have anything else to say about it. And mm-hmm. then I was thinking about it because the, the only thing I really have to say is like, the bike isn't just a bike. It's like what you yeah. said. It's like a representation. It's, it's, it's not a material just or just a material possession. It's like Salon would never like bend for something like that. But because it's not just a material possession to King, it's like it's like symbolic, as you said. It's symbolic, I feel like, of his love, his father's love and affection. Mm-hmm. It's like because it's all that King has to equate to that. Like he he doesn't have any other example. Like yeah. that's literally all he has is this bike. And so, like, we're basically saying the same thing. And it's like, I just, it's, you know, that moment for me was just really, really interesting because, as you said, you can see it. You can see that this is, he's clinging to this this idea that this represents his father's love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Please continue. <laughs> So when the guy says, you should beg at my feet, Salom says, don't. Because for Salom, this would be a very, very traumatic moment, wouldn't it? Mm. Mm. Because of how, what Salom is, how he is as a person. But Kang, I feel, is just, it's just a kid. He's just a kid that wants love in that moment. Mm. He's not pretending. He's not trying to be prideful. He is just showing to everyone present in that moment who he truly is. He's this yep. love starved boy who doesn't want to disappoint his dad. He doesn't he doesn't have to lose himself to be like that in that moment. His whole being is not held together by pride or deception or defiance anymore in that moment. He doesn't have to hide anything anymore. Somehow it's his lowest moment, but also his peak moment because he just lets it all, all go. It's like it's a cathartic moment for him. There's yeah. nothing holding him back anymore. No more weight on his shoulders. He is honest with himself, with everyone else. He's free. He's as free as he can be in that moment mm. because the hope for his dad love is a part of him. Is not something holding him down. Mm. That's why it's not a traumatic moment for him. No, and I think also there's probably a little bit tied into as well. As you said, he's not happy about the fact that he's pulled Salom into this situation. Mm-hmm. And if we take it back to, you know, Salom talking about taking care of him and we know that, like, that is Kang's, like, you know, <laughs> like one of his ultimate goals. And this is this bike, although he's said it's not his yet, he's – it's his to, it's his to own right so he has to earn it yes but while he's earning it his father's get trust entrusted it into his care so technically it's kind of his belonging and he hasn't shown it very good care so it's mm-hmm. it's all tied into that as well a little bit you know this mm-hmm. is i feel like not only is it as you, all of what you just said but also i think it's a little bit like of him trying to regain this ownership so that he mm-hmm. can take care of it as an example mm-hmm. like look look how good and because let's face it the from the beginning 
when he first wanted to like not destroy it but get rid of it or whatever it was Salom that stopped him Mm -hmm. you know back when he first got it as well so I just I feel like it's probably a little bit all tied in with that as well so but yeah it's a very interesting scene because it's such a it's such a a different there's such a difference between them in that scene like you almost when you're watching that scene like I remember when I was when we were watching the episode I thought like Salom does not understand at all like why he is doing this why he's like this but then later on he sort of says to him you know it must mean a lot to you because Mm -hmm. you 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 did so much to get it back like he can't understand it like it doesn't make sense to him but then when Kane explains it to him it's like it makes complete sense to him it, mm-hmm. it maybe not from his point of view but he understands Kang. Mm-hmm. i just think it's interesting that it's the only thing that his dad bought for him oh it's it's super weird to me that like mm-hmm. i mean it kind of makes sense to a certain extent because you know if the mother always did it and then she died then the grandmother probably started like mm-hmm. when like she probably picked up where he left off. And so, you know, if the grandmother hadn't been around, like maybe would he have gotten out of his own way and actually considered the fact that he needed to care for his son? Um, or would he have still been without, you know what I mean? Like would he just give him money and just leave him to, you know, his mm-hmm. own defences? Like it's just, it's really very sad. No wonder he is like so lonely in that way because – He's just, you know, and it's it's probably and this ties into his his unhealthy kind of issues that he has with money and stuff as well because, like, here's this thing that he's equating with love and affection from his father. It's a materialistic object essentially, but like this is the only example he has of the love or care or whatever. So, if you tie that into his brain, like once again, trying to provide for Salom in a financial way is one more way that he can try and show his love. Mm-hmm. So, you know, once again, the rejection. <laughs> and I also think it's interesting oh, yeah. fact, I'm, I'm jumping forward to the moment when he tries to buy Oh, Salom is an essential thing. Yeah, well, because that's what we're up to now anyway, essentially. We could just start talking to it. We're up up to the intimacy intimacy scene, I guess you'd call it. It's interesting that he has to ask, he feels the need to ask this question that Mm. if he can buy Salom. Because he's very perceptive. Does he feel that Salom's doors are mostly closed all the time, that he's holding back? I think so. He's really, really, I feel like, I feel like Kang is really cautious with Salom, like it, even in this scene. So like we have this really interesting role reversal at the beginning of this scene because Salom is taking care of Kang in terms of mm-hmm. like physically caring for him, which is we've yeah in the past only seen from, you know, a Kang caring for Salom perspective. And so that itself is different. And he's such a little boy in this scene, Kang, like he just... He's so soft and unsure, but also hopeful, but also fearful, like when he's talking mm-hmm. about his father and everything. And, like, you know, <laughs> I keep getting pulled back to Salom's, you know, are you mad at me? And he's just like as if kind of thing. Like he just could never. <laughs> like Salom is his wind after all. But, like, Kang looks 
so soft here. And I like when sorry, Kang. Sorry, is that Kang? Kang looks so soft here. And so like when Salom kisses him, I was like, I I get it. I would have kissed him too. Like he just looks like I don't know, like such a like he looks re to me, out of all of the scenes we've had, out of all of the moments we've had, he looks really young here. Like I, I buy that like he's a high school kid in this scene. Like he <laughs> he looks so young and so vulnerable. And like I'm just like this... he's like, what should I do? What should I do with all these feelings, with all these desires? Yeah, and desire and that is... I have. Kang is once again, he's so earnest in this scene. Like him, Mm -hmm. when he asks to buy him because he's essential, like how far they've come when you think about from Kang thinking that he could own Salom and that he he was just this disposable thing. Like he, Mm -hmm. you know, he to now, like Salom is just, he's a pure essential to him. Like he can't, as you said, he can't do without him. Like, and then you know we get the whole you know you can't buy what's already yours sort of thing and when Salom kisses him like it's such a sweet kiss and you see that Kang is like startled like he's just like he's he's probably overwhelmed by what it means in that moment because that's exactly that's just perfect that's exactly what he wanted to hear yeah and it's like I feel like it's 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 you know it's a kind of a he's this he wasn't expecting it like he's so careful even when he's teasing and flirting and joking and all the rest of it like he's so careful with Salom and like in this scene he's just like even you know Salom kisses him and then pulls away he just like he doesn't move like he's just he's just you know I don't know it's it's just one of those things like it's just it's really happening talking. yeah i know yeah, yeah. And like Salom is... has to nod for him to really get the yeah, message well, that's right well because and he you know when he says you know like like his response to him where he sort of says i'm expensive and and kang says it's okay i'm rich it feels so much weight more weighted here like it, they're, they're not talking about money like i feel like I feel like if Kang has Salom, he's like, he's indeed rich, right? Like from his perspective. Mm -hmm. And Kang is rich as he has so much he can provide for Salom, like things that Salom needs. And I'm not just talking about money specifically, but like I just love the intensity and the softness in this scene. And yeah, as you said, Salom's little nod here is his permission. He he is giving like because it's like Kang I feel like I feel like after he pulls away from the kiss and everything like Kang's expression is like he can't believe like what he was just given like he was given this mm-hmm. gift um of of Salom kissing him and he can't believe it like he's like he doesn't know what it means and then um I just I also want to say that he is I'm expansive and I'm rich doesn't really I feel it's like it's like when someone says I'm I'm complicated, are you sure you can love like Yeah you can handle me? And yeah. Kang says it's okay, I'm rich. Yeah. Because I feel like he yeah, will do like, anything I, to have him. Yeah. He's like I have all the tools that you need. That's yeah. that's how I took it as well. Like it's they're mm-hmm. very, very I feel like they're very much using double entendres here. And especially mm-hmm. when when this is what I was saying before about in the bathtub, 
in this scene where um, Salom says about like, you know, I told you just to, you know, to take care of what's already yours or whatever he says, mm-hmm. um, I should have it down like word by word in my brain, but I don't, I'm, I'm on drugs. <laughs> and um, <laughs> he, he, uh, he says um, when he says that, like, it's like a, it's a double meaning for sure. Like because mm-hmm. he it's a simple meaning. <laughs> yeah, it's like I feel like he's saying it because like he's saying it in a in a truly kind of like earnest, full on way. But he's also saying like take care of me, considering what what's about to happen. Like it definitely has a double meaning for sure. Um, but yeah, like the little nod that we get is just you know like it's like. But I feel like you know we Kang definitely needs that because as I said you see like after the kiss he has this like (laughs) look on his face like he as I said he can't believe like he's finally getting to have all of this like everything that he wants like oh my god my poor sweet baby and I'm just like I I have to say this I'm just like I don't want him to be broken but he's gonna look so beautiful when he is I'm like I'm so evil. I'm sorry. I totally shouldn't. Have but yeah, like, no. I wa- <laughs> I'm like I'm totally right though. But like, I wanted to bring up something. So there's this there's this Japanese um art thing called kitsuga kitsugi sorry kitsugi, which basically means golden joinery. And what it is is it's this like form of I guess art where you take a broken piece of pottery and you join it back together again with like uh, a lacquer resin, which is infused with like gold or silver or like platinum or something. And so it highlights the cracks, right? It like makes them stand out. And the idea is, is, is like, so it's not seen as a distraction or a disadvantage, but rather like part of the history. So it's like, because let's face it, like, we are the sum of all of our parts, even the bad shit, even the broken things. Like, and sometimes these things can be beautiful, right? And so sometimes when we have these horrible things happen to us, like, sometimes when we break, it actually triggers healing for stuff that's even deeper. And, like, it's just, like, I guess I guess the whole idea behind this pottery and also what I'm trying to say is, is that, like, we you know we leave these marks on each other and we leave these marks on ourselves and like there's beauty in our history like and I feel like I think it's it has to happen like I I feel like they kind of both it has to happen like mm-hmm. we need we need this change from Salom so like something definitely needs to happen with him for sure but I mm-hmm. kind of feel like also that it needs to happen a little bit for Kang too, because like, I feel like Salom needs to break him a little bit because he has him so high up on this pedestal. Yeah. Like, it's crazy how high he has him. And mm-hmm. so there's this other, and it's so funny because Thai fans of Thai BLs, probably, yeah, obviously like our listeners are going to be familiar with the term Wabi Sabi, which Wabi Sabi is another Japanese thing. And it basically just means embracing the flawed. So like mm-hmm. I feel like he he needs to get to this place where he realizes that Salam is not perfect. Yeah. You know, and yes. 
he's gonna love him no matter what that's like that's not even a question as I said like this there's so many things that he doesn't even see that are wrong not wrong but like that but <laughs> are I feel issues. Like what, yeah I feel like right now he feels like he's not needed maybe like Salome is so perfect there's nothing really that he can offer yeah if you don't consider the moments when he's unconscious and broken totally and you know Mm. just out of his mind with pain and despair and everything because if he realizes that Salom it really is not perfect and he has issues he and he does need him he does need him all the time and he will just he will just be there he will not uh, be insecure about it he will know that he is needed yeah there's a purpose in their relationship yeah, I think also as well, um, if we look at the catalysts of their relationship so far, like, it's funny because, like, obviously we see the major ones from Kang's point of view when he witnesses um, the trauma of, you know, Salom being, you know, attacked and everything and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a huge turning point. But there's also <laughs> these moments that maybe we haven't put as put as much importance on because we're not seeing huge like moments of change from Salon's point of view, but clearly it is different because it's changed mm-hmm. his opinions. It's he's opened up even as he's closed, but he's opening mm-hmm. up and things like that. So like when he's seeing Kang's vulnerability, like with his father and, you know, the bike and, you know, all these little bits and pieces that are, that are slipping in there, he's, he is slowly, there are little bits of him that are changing. There's like, he's, he is letting him in. He's just not, like he's still got these walls. And so like, I feel like he needs to see Salom. So Salom needs to see Kang have this traumatic, like breakdown essentially Mm -hmm. in the same way that Kang needed to see Salom like that for him to truly realize that like, this is not, he he is not like poor little rich boy playing at like what at, at savior or whatever. Like he he needs him. He loves him. Mm-hmm. He you know, this is not it's not a game. It's not a you know, it's not one more like bully fake out. It's not, you know, transient. He's not going to get over him. He's not going to walk away. He's mm-hmm. like he needs him and he needs to see it, I think. And I think the only way he'll see it is if Kang breaks. So as much as I don't want it to yes, happen, I feel I like it totally needs to happen. And I'm like, at least Perth will look super gorgeous doing it. <laughs> oh my God. I so hope that scene ends up with with Kang breaking from being angry to actually breaking and maybe sobbing or something like I don't know there there I uh, am I putting yeah, I don't know I'm so confused yeah. from this thing. I don't know yeah well because we because we, the scenes that we've seen like co- going forward it depends on their order and like you know like we have the scene where Kang is comforting Salom in the shower and it looks like Salom is letting him. He's mm-hmm. conscious. He's, you know, okay, yeah, he's upset. Like something mm-hmm. bad has happened. It's like obviously the takeaway from like next week or whatever, but like he's letting him in. So it's like, I'm like, is that before or after the escort stuff? Because if that's I'm after, really well, then, know. yeah, because if that's after, well, then they're moving in the right direction. If that's before, mm-hmm. holy fuck, like I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to make it even worse. I'm, I'm just like, 
I'm like, let's I'm go not back sure to I'm the sex to scene. To yeah. <laughs> so, um, who puts out the candles? <laughs> My question. Did sorry? you notice the candles? Who set out the candles for the sex scene? Oh, Which one of like- them? Was there candles lit? No, yeah. I don't know. Uh-huh. It's like, let's come home. We're all beaten. I will tend to your wounds. But first, let me light these candles. Maybe uh-huh. like maybe like Salome had a plan all along. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, Papsi's little come on in the bathtub was like his original, you know, let's, have, <laughs> let's, let's try. But then when, when Kane got close to him and he was like being all flirty and joking, it was just like too much. <laughs> So, the 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 lovemaking scene. I feel like it's not really explorative. It's consuming, but in a gentle way. Oh my god! It so, was so. I felt like it was so intimate. Like I'm just like. I feel was, like Kang just finally acts on his desire, while Salome just lets it go. Go. Mm-hmm. It feels to me. It feels like from Salome, Salome's point of view, it feels a bit of what Kang a bit uh, similar to what Kang went through with the thugs, but in a Salome manner. Mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure. He He's actually letting, he, it's funny because in this scene, obviously he is willingly showing vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, he, he, gave, he gave, he gave, he gave, if we talk, if we want to use the door metaphors, I mean, there was no door between them, but let's, let's use the door. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm just thinking about door metaphors and the sliding doors. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> the sliding doors that were see-through. Um, yeah. If we want to <laughs> go back to our sort of like door metaphors and putting up walls and things like that, like this, this whole scene, he essentially is like opening the door you know giving yeah. him permission to walk through and it's so funny because like he gives a little nod and like Kang's like on him <laughs> like, he I mean, unleashes Kang's desire and he and he's restrained he unleashes Kang basically yeah and he just, yeah and yeah. so he wants to be taken care of and he wants to feel secure and that's what we see in Kang's gestures Mm. And Salon takes pleasure in that. I feel like the the the, um, the hands tell the story of the whole scene to me of what's happening between them them of of uh, how Salon perceives this moment maybe and how both of them perceive this moment. Everything is in this in the hands. Everything mm. <laughs> the story is told by the hands. Seriously though, like that gift that got posted on um <laughs> on Tumblr or from this scene where um I think Kang is kissing Salom's neck and he's got his head tilted back and he does this little like micro, you know, lifting of the eyebrows and like it, you know, yeah. like you can see he's like exhaling and it's just like I'm like, seriously, if you ask me how many times I watch this, I would just be like, Yes. <laughs> But also Kang's hand at Salom's neck and Salom allowing it. Mm. It's so, oh my God. I, you know what? I love, the first time I watched this scene, I was like, I wasn't really sure. Like I thought it was great and everything, but I was like, there's something bugging me about it. <laughs> and I worked mm-hmm. out what it was tonight. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's the funniest thing ever that what was bugging me about it is it's so, it feels so unscripted to me. Like it just, it's so natural and intimate and just like 
I don't know. Like it was just, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Like I, yeah, it was, <laughs> I just it was, it was so like realistic to me. And I think that's mm-hmm. what, what felt weird <laughs> because it's pretty rare. Like, you know, it's always, you can always sort of feel a little bit of, you know, something. And I did mm-hmm. not feel that in this at all. Like there was no, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, I thought it was very well acted. And as you said, with the hands and stuff, it was very well directed. Like where the scenes and the shots that were chosen to be shown were very mm-hmm. uh, clever and very like, like the, you know, we had the hands to clasping together. That's always a good scene in any intimate scene. And it's not an uncommon scene to see, but even just like um, Selom's hand on Kang's back, like was very like, I keep saying the word intimate. <laughs> it's not the word I'm looking for, but it's the only one that's coming to mind right now. But basically intimate fits. But it was just, as you said, it was explorative, but it was also like I don't I don't, I don't really feel like it was explorative. It was to me it was consuming. They just jumped into this thing and like They did, yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? That's not the word I was looking for anyway. Intimate doesn't intimate is intimate is correct, but it's not the word I mean about the hand on the back. It's like, oh, it's gonna bug me. Mm. I'm like, this is where we need like a live radio call station. Like we can be like, okay, callers, come call, someone phone in with the word I'm looking for. Um <laughs> trying to explain it to me. Mm. In other words, maybe. Well, I mean it's not desperate. That's wrong too. It's like he does this thing where he like kind of, I think I'm going to need to, I think I might need to watch it again and just like mention it some other time. But yeah, I, yeah, I just was watching it though. And I was just like, wow, okay, this is why, this is what was that thing that was bugging me was that it was just like, there's, I've only seen a couple of other scenes like this in my beer watching history. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where I was just like, wow, okay, this, someone's just said to them, okay, like, this is the scene, like, this is what the scene is, now you just do whatever you want. Maybe. I mean, yeah, that, that happened in other series that you know of, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> Well, I mean, like, <laughs> the most obvious one is the tense scene in Not Me with Ofgar, but, <laughs> like, that had the same sort of, intimacy to me it was mm. that that one was more scripted though it was yeah well because they had dialogue so that always makes it different but like there were just aspects of it that you could tell weren't you know what I mean like it was it just some yeah some some of them yeah you're right you're right some of them were just like very natural somehow and yeah, like you, like, like they didn't know one hundred percent what would happen the next moment. Yeah, and it's it's pretty rare when you see that. Like it's like, it's like you, the yeah, like you said, like the actors aren't really sure what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And it can it does it adds a, a level of realism to it because if they're not. If they don't know what they're going to do, how can we, you know, predict it or, you know, whatever. So I feel like it's, yeah, I feel like it was very well done. I mean, maybe, hey, maybe they did have someone saying, they go, okay, 
head now, tilt to the left. But I, yeah, it, it definitely didn't have that kind of. No, I think some it. moments were like that, but some weren't. I cannot say that it was totally, it looked unscripted. I cannot say that. I think mm. there were moments that looked unscripted, mm. that looked natural like this, but some of them were. I mean, most of them were, I think. Mm. Oh, I'm not saying that they weren't. I'm just saying it looks like it's not. Mm-hmm. It looks, yeah, it looks fitting for what they're playing here. Two mm. teenage boys. One of them finally, you know, lets things happen. And embraces, embraces the passion. Mature and... than teenage, two teenage boys. But then mm-hmm. I suppose they're not two typical teenage boys, are they? They're not just like having sex, they're in love. So, yeah. Yeah. That makes it different. Yeah. Yes. And yes. Also, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so do you no, agree it just no? fits their character. It fits, it fits the moment. It fits yeah. how we were expecting them to act in that moment. It fits. Yeah. Maybe that's, maybe that's it. Maybe it's just that it fits them, the characters and where we thought they would be in the way we, we imagined it. So maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I just, yeah, I think they did a great job. I was, like, it's more great. than, yeah, happy with it. And just, yeah, I just was, I, I, I'm kind of, I mean, they, we may not because it's hard to know. Like, it's very rare in a BL for them to have an intimate scene like this and then be, like, really cute afterwards. Like, usually they, like, you know, forget they've been intimate and you're lucky if you get like a hand-holding scene at some point. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> once again, bringing it up again. But the exception, I think, for, for me was like Not Me where we had that really cute like next day morning thing. It would be really cute if they did a similar thing in this because to me that's realistic. Like you don't have intimacy like that with somebody and then just like, you know, act like you're just buddies or whatever. That's not how it yeah. works. Unless you are just buddies, you know what I mean, who, like, hook up sometimes. Mm -hmm. If you're Mm -hmm. really in the relationship that we feel like they're having, you would expect them to be cute and soft and, like, whatever. And it would make sense for them to come back like that. And then if they come back like that to this horrific thing that's happening, like, all the more, like, painful (laughs) and traumatic it will be. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. because it will be such a jarring, like, difference to what you know like what they've been just been experiencing yeah and I mean it's like I love you know I mean I don't have a lot to say about the trailer obviously because it's not you know it's not not anything we already didn't really weren't expecting or Mm -hmm. whatever but I just I I do love you know Kang uh comforting Salom like straight off the bat saying you know like I'm well, gonna support you and you know like I just you, you can't expect him like I didn't wouldn't have expected him to do anything different um the only the only way I saw him doing something different would have been if something had happened to grandma and I, as I said I don't think he wouldn't support Salom I just feel like he would be angry at Safar if he thought Safar was at, at fault or whatever mm-hmm. sorry but um yeah I just I'm like oh, they're gonna break me I mean, I suppose, you know, it's only fair since I'm kind of hoping they break each other. <laughs> I feel like at this point I'm a masochist because I, like, want it to happen, but I also don't want it to happen. I'm just like, oh, this weird torture. I also, I also have something to say about the 
last scene about Kang saving pickup lines. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so like, but also so him and it makes him even more adorable, I guess. Mm. He's unapologetically pathetic for his boyfriend and I love oh my the God. He's just like, he's seriously, he's just uh the cute that that and whole also, end scene, that whole cute flirty end scene is hilarious. And I I love what I love is that he's like he feels the need to like look up these lame things to say them. And I mean it's funny because he clearly means every word plus like you know like way more deeper stuff but and then Kang just uh, sorry, sorry Salom just has to say like like Salom could just like get close to him and like just state like facts like the sky is blue and he'd be like <laughs> like, like like he literally just said something to him like oh it looks delicious or something like that and Kang's like all right let's just stop it now I'm gonna like you know get all crazy in the middle of the restaurant like I can't deal <laughs> But also one interesting thing is that Kang keeps asking for affection and affirmation and he directly asks, do you love me? And like with gestures, with this food exchange thing, like he asks, do you love me? And it's interesting that Salom doesn't answer and Salom doesn't take the bite of love. Mm. And this is how the episode ends. I I think Kaz... Cass mentioned it, but I'm not sure where exactly. Did, like she sent us a message, or or she mentioned it on one of her posts. But I remember she she mentioned it, and I was like, hmm, that is interesting. That 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 does fit the situation. That does fit them, though. And yeah, the way it's Salom. Yeah, well, it's interesting too. Like it would it would be funny to go back at the end when once we know like the what happens and they're really good they've been really good so far about like not reusing but like revisiting things that have happened in the past so it's like we've had all these like little end scene extra bits and stuff and it'll be interesting to see if any of these end end scene extra bits that we think have more meaning to them or whatever like you know I we had the whole discussion about the scene where like um Kang teaches Salom how to ride the motorcycle and all that. Like, mm-hmm. if that does play into it later on, like, yeah, I'm super. Like, I like. I can't wait for Friday, honestly. But I'm also totally dreading it. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to feel like that with every episode. I mean, I feel like next week's probably going to be quite bad. But I feel like episode eleven is going to be the 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 real killer. It usually is. Like, what is it with with episode eleven in BLs being like the cursed episode? But there's uh-huh. so much to unpack. I feel like maybe the bad things might stretch out to episode 12 as well. So what, this is 12 episodes, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, 12 episodes. Yeah. I hope, it I hope it doesn't yeah, I hope it doesn't stretch out to the 12th episode. I want them to get some happy time. Like I, I want them to have, you know, time where they've if not resolve their issues, like you can see that they're going to get there, you know? I don't know. But there's I so mean, much to do. There's the Bimfa and Nabdao style that no one brought up. I mean, they don't only need like several minutes in to show that, no, look, they're going to have a thing I, I, because this like, is what we're assuming they're I going to do, like right? Maybe we'll get like a fast forward or something maybe in the last episode because oh, maybe, I, yeah. I almost so then wonder... Yeah, I almost wonder because mm-hmm. I mean, there's a couple of different ways this can end. Really, 
well, I mean, there's lots of different ways this can end, but like one of the ways this could end is with uh, Salom going overseas or something, or, you know, like them going to different universities or, you know, whatever. And so we could get a fast forward where like either they've finished university or, um, you know, they're like halfway through university or something like that. And they sort of come back together. Mm-hmm. Um, or or maybe they are together it's and they just, they just run into Pim Farr and the teacher. Yeah, I think that's how they – I was thinking the same. I think we're going to have a job in time mm. at the end of the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we're going to need to see some sort of development and they. I feel like they don't have enough time to do it in because if you think about what's still to come we've got the escorting thing we've got like all of what happens in next uh week's episode which is like whatever happens in the house the big Mm -hmm. karate game whatever um Mm -hmm. we have the scene where nava um, and guy also yeah that's right we have yeah yeah guy and nava's stuff and also so far and name yeah whatever happens there yeah we have um, you know, a salon breaking down with Kang in the shower. We have the whole the shooting, the shooting yeah, scene, the shooting scene, and the motorbikes and all that. Like, so we there's a fair bit to get through. I mean, mm-hmm. it'd be really. In, I'm I'm actually really interested to see what happens next week because, like, that will give us obviously a bit better of an idea of like what the plan's going to be in terms of like what they actually get through next week. I mean. For all we know, they could get through like the whatever happens in the house and Sophia getting arrested and Salom like trying the escort. That could all happen next week, like you know, it is possible, yeah. I mean, because I don't know, like, are they gonna would they give us a preview for that? Like, for, for Salom, I don't think so. I feel like they'll spring it on us because we have mm-hmm. already seen that preview, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. Everyone uh, is waiting for that scene. It would be kind of, you know, it's kind of dumb I'm, to put I'm it really, in the video. Sorry, what were you saying? Nothing. Just go on. <laughs> no, tell me what you were going to say. I was saying everyone is waiting for that scene with the uh, escorting. So it would be i feel like it would be a bit dumb to put in in the preview and not surprise people but at the same time maybe not <laughs> yeah i don't know so basically i don't know what i'm saying this uh, is the point that's why i said nothing oh okay so um, i said something and i was like no i'm not right no no well no i get no i, I understand what you're saying i i think that's probably actually a fair explanation but i mean I just... <laughs> maybe it's dumb but maybe it's actually Actually, the smart yay. No, it's not, it's not I dumb. have an opinion. It's not dumb. Oh my god! If you were closer, I'd smack you right now. <laughs> You're just lucky. There's like an ocean or something between us. Um, I don't don't ask me what ocean. I'm not great at geography, but like, there's an ocean, um, or maybe two. I'm not sure. But anyway, um, you were just lucky. Um, However, I know where you live, so just give me a couple of weeks. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you knock oh, on the door. 
<laughs> yeah, don't open the door if a crazy Australian standing on your front porch. Um, yeah. So <laughs> anyway, what I was gonna say, <laughs> what I was gonna say is, is funnily enough, the thing I'm most afraid of is that the scene in the shower will happen before the escort scene. <laughs> so if we get that next week and we don't get the escort scene, I'm going to be like, oh, no, and that's it. I'm gonna, I don't know how I'm going to react. Do you mean because you see as that scene as, as the critical moment for Salem? I see it as, a, as like a leaning in the right direction. And so I feel like if we if we start to see like especially like not just us but if Kang starts to see that and then he goes and does what he does I feel like it's just even worse it's just even worse it's even more worse than it already is gonna be like Mm -hmm. you know so I'm just like oh no please don't be before I'm just like and I'm sitting here going oh my god it's so gonna be before (laughs) I'm like cursing it's gonna be before because he says I have no one left yeah, he, so it'll, it'll be after his that. father, after his father, after his brother. Yeah, but of course it might not as well because that could be him breaking down too, like after the whole, you know, escorting thing and their confrontation about it. That could also be part of that because you might find that he doesn't actually break straight away because he's Salom, like he is the problem solver, mature, like yeah. whatever. So he might he might that may this may all happen and then he might be like okay right what do i need to do to get him out of prison to get him a lawyer Mm -hmm. to like whatever and then he's just like as you said he's gonna have tunnel vision he's not gonna consider uh kang's feelings he's just gonna do what he needs to do and then we might get that confrontation and then he might have his breakdown instead we may not see kang breakdown i mean i i feel like we need it but i also I feel like Salom needs it, but maybe maybe this is enough of a catalyst to, you know, because it's a loss in kind. It's it might it's not the potential loss of Kang, but it is a loss potentially to him. So maybe it will be enough, um, and maybe he will realize that this is bigger than him, and he he needs to like, you know, accept the help that's being offered to him. Um, okay i want to see i want to see that scene end like that first it's for example other people want to see like cast she wants to see that scene ending in a sweet way i cannot really see them kissing after that mm. because i don't know it feels a bit too like a traumatic thing again and Mm. to start kissing after such a thing i don't know Mm. Not it's not something that I can arrange in my mind and see as a possible thing. You already consider maybe something else actually happened. The idea is that it doesn't really matter it's as long as they do it right, as long as they make it make sense. Mm. Doesn't really matter what we're expecting, as long as we see and see it and we're like, yeah, this makes sense for the characters, this does something for the story, and this fixes pushes the story yeah, yeah. and uh, changes the characters into a direction yeah in a way that makes sense because i mean they've put all these things down so they have to they have to pick them up and bring like some sort of resolution to them some sort of solution to them or maybe it's just like two crazy girls who have spent like 
how many episodes, like how many hours <laughs> talking about this and coming up with a bunch of stuff that like if the writers ever heard this, they'd be like, what, the, what drugs are these girls on? I'm like, hang on, I've got a list. I'll post it later. But like, it's, <laughs> it's like, honestly, I have no justification, no drugs. <laughs> worst. But you know, like, it's like, I mean, you know, maybe we are, maybe we've just looked way too much into it. Maybe we're, maybe we're expecting too much from them. Maybe we're asking too much from them. Or maybe for once we actually just like we have actually found something that is meant to be what we think it is and they this mm-hmm. is where they're going and this is their thought process and you know they're like leading us in this direction for a reason and we are going to get you know these resolutions maybe not in the way we're expecting maybe not in the way we're hoping for but as you said as mm-hmm. long as they make sense as long as they fit the characters like, as long as it's not like just resolved and you know like I feel like there needs to be some things that happen for you to for the show to end like if so for example like if it ends and they're together great but like for Mm -hmm. it to end and them to be together for me I need certain things to happen for me for me to feel good about it and be like oh my god they're gonna be together forever because mm-hmm. if certain things don't happen, I, I'm going to be like, oh, my God, like, this would happen, then this would happen, then this would happen. Like, my brain is – like, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's a chance to write a bunch of fan fiction. I don't no, know. But... Something something must happen to bring them even closer together to make their bonds unbreakable. That is the whole point of whatever – yeah is going to happen, well right? i what mean we, we think it is i mean the fucking thing's called dangerous romance so maybe it's not maybe the whole point of this story is they're gonna tear all of our hearts out and just like <laughs> leave them scattered around and just like be like now did you enjoy it <laughs> and we'll all yeah. be like yes give us more <laughs> no but it's not like i for example i haven't been disappointed before because i uh, for example, we've uh, never let me go. The story is, was going well into a nice direction. And then in the last episode, their last or the last couple of episodes, they did something with one of the main characters, which didn't make sense for me mm. and kind of ruined the whole thing yeah. for me because I did not see logic. I did not see the character doing that in that moment. Did that did not make sense for me. It's so funny. We need to have a conversation about this now because I like totally want to know what you're talking about. But I, I have a similar opinion and I'm curious about if it's the same thing or not. Um. <laughs> yeah, we should. Yeah. I hope they don't do the Game of Thrones thing that, you know, everything was going in a direction and everyone was justifying all the choices because no no it leads we're going they're going to fix it they're it's leading somewhere good and then you know the, the last episodes happen and you're like oh no and well, then you don't want to talk about it ever again i can't comment because i never did watch it to its ending but like <laughs> i'm like at this point in time i'm okay as long as it doesn't end in a red wedding <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like they could um, ruin this for me. After, especially after going through the Game of Thrones thing, like yeah. I cannot watch that. I, I used to rewatch it so many times while it's it was ongoing, but right now I cannot make myself mm-hmm. watch it from like I just don't want to. I don't want to watch it anymore. 
And so I know that it can happen. And some certain choices can ruin the story for me. Oh, for you when... I mean, there are so many shows where that's happened to me. Or it's like, it's not even like, you know, like shows like American shows, for example, or something like that, where there's they're multi-seasonal or something. Mm-hmm. You know, I, there are like shows where I'll, like say it's, they say there's five seasons. I'll watch like four seasons of it and then I pretend it ended. <laughs> <laughs> because they fucked it up so badly in the end. Well, but you can watch it, but uh, I cannot watch Game of Thrones anymore. Yeah, they ruined it, yeah. Well, I mean, I say that I can, but I actually haven't watched, like... Uh, so, okay, so a perfect example is the American remake of a Brute show called Queer as Folk. Did you ever see that? No. Okay, so basically it's like the main characters they have this story arc where one essentially well they change each other's lives but one specifically changes another one's life quite significantly and he's basically a man whore when they meet and he (laughs) becomes not a man whore um and it's like and then in the last season i hope i'm not spoiling this for anybody but in the last season basically they completely like do this thing with their characters that makes no sense because the other four like seasons of character development, it was like, they just like shit all over them. It was like, what was the fucking point in doing any of that? Like, it's like you like, why, 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 why did I invest so many, you know, months of my life Mm -hmm. in this, you Mm -hmm. know? And actually I don't know that I have watched it since then, but I feel like if I was going to, I would pretend that the fifth season didn't exist. (laughs) Story because they just they cocked it up so badly it would have been so easy to to end it a certain way and like I like on one hand academically I can get what they were trying to do or whatever but it's like mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense because they literally spent you know four seasons telling you that this character had had this huge character development arc and then you took it all away mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah it's really fucking weird <laughs> Well, I hope it doesn't happen with this series, ending oh. on a really optimistic note here. Yeah, I know. I mean, look, <laughs> I, I, feel like they, I feel like they've earned the benefit of the doubt at this point in time. Like, they have led us on a very, very interesting journey. They yeah. so far haven't let us down at all, I don't think. Even, like, I know, like, initially with the whole Pimfar thing, like, that Pimfar, threw you and... Yeah. And you're a bit like, what the yeah. fuck? And and I, I get that totally. But even now, like reflecting back, I don't have an issue with it because I feel like she acted as a catalyst, uh, as part of their relationship as a catalyst. So like, mm-hmm. I I think it's fine. You know what I mean? Like, I really don't think they, they haven't made any huge mistakes. Yeah, they right? haven't so, ruined it for me with that. So I feel like... What if, what if you know, what if... <laughs> I feel like we can be dangerous with our what ifs here, but yeah, continue. <laughs> what did this? This is something that they kind of wanted to do in the series, like Pim Fa actually not being in love with him, and the dad actually being evil, which I guess maybe is not what's happening in the books. And then they kind of backtracked and went just did what, just uh, ended the story arc with the uh, way it happens in the book. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird because we know that there were scenes that they changed. So I would love to know why they changed it, whether they just decided it didn't fit the new vision they had or whether they didn't think we would like it or like, I yeah, it's really, it, it'd be interesting to know. I 
am curious to see if we get any like formal discussion about it come out at all because we really haven't had anything you know like I mean with other shows they have like press junkets or whatever where they give you a bit more information and I don't really (laughs) remember seeing really anything for this or maybe I was just living under a rock and I missed it it's it's possible I mean, I don't know. Did you see anything? I don't know. Maybe they'll have something because they're doing, they are doing one of those. No, but did you send me anything? I didn't see anything because you didn't send me anything. (laughs) I I cannot, you know, just, I didn't look for it. So maybe that's why. I don't know. Yeah, Mm. same. I mean, yeah, well, because that's the thing, weren't we? I mean, we didn't know in the beginning we were going to be so obsessed. <laughs> that's, yep. that's, that's our mistake. <laughs> we should just always assume we're going to get obsessed and plan plan ahead. But, um, oh, yeah, wow. I mean, maybe... No, because are... it, it, it almost never happens. What happens is sometimes you get obsessed with something and I don't really match your level or I get obsessed with something and you don't really match my level. Mm-hmm. And that's when we just, like, for example, you with uh, that I will knock you, right? And me with my... Oh, cupcake one. Old-fashioned old cupcake, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but at least we have, like, not me and this one where we're both. Just 100%. I feel, I feel like, though, like, even though we weren't on the same level, I mean, you liked I Will Knock You, right? I did like it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that was really clever, that drama. Like, I feel like if, if you have not seen I Will Knock You, you should definitely watch it. It's funny. It's cute. It's like, it surprised the hell out of me all the way through. And I just, yeah, I could talk about that. Yeah. And, a lot. and if you happen to watch some old fashioned cupcake, <laughs> go watch it because it's really, really, really good. And go, come talk to me about it. Yeah, I know, right? We're just like, yeah, we could talk about it forever. So anyway, <laughs> it's like upcoming podcast, maybe. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, so, so what's the plan? Are we going to read the book after this and do some sort of commentary or like, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> I am really curious to see like the difference uh, between the book and the and what they've come up with. And maybe um, there's more information, more to the story about the parents, Salem's yeah, parents. Yeah, the, th- the things that we're wa- you know, the things that we're wanting and we're lacking might be explained. Yeah. 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 All right. Sounds like Hopefully a plan. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I feel like probably I we we I don't really have much more to say. Um, at this point in time, I'm sure I probably could come up with something, but yeah, if I think of like what I'm the the term I was thinking about for that like I don't know if anyone cares but if I think of uh the word I was uh trying to find in my mind for um the hand part in the intimacy uh, scene I yeah. will post it on like Twitter and Tumblr. <laughs> I'll, I'll make a post I'll be like you got me so hopeful I was like oh my god she remembered <laughs> I'll be like, it'll be very exciting. I'll probably wake up at like four in the morning and be like, that's it. That's the word. Yeah. Um, Send it to me right away. Yeah. I'll like. Wake me up. I don't care. And, and then will you Google it to see what it means? <laughs> 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 private joke. Anyway. <laughs> or maybe not so private because I did put it on Tumblr. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh, well, I'm like, what are we? We're Wednesday. We're Wednesday, aren't we? So two more days now. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, I guess that this is it for today. 
It is. It is. Otherwise, we're just going to talk about how excited slash anxiety anxiety. And we just are. talked about other things for half an hour now. It's just not not on the topic that we should have. Oh well, like hey, it's kind of all. It is some like we got there because we were talking about this. So I feel like it's connected. <laughs> It's like that, you know, that thing where like there's a meme where someone's pointing to all these things about like how all the dots are connecting and like it's a meme or yeah, where yeah. they're like, oh, I see it's all connected and the person's like, yeah, it's really not. <laughs> we should totally make a post on Tumblr about us um, talking in this Trying episode. Maybe it, maybe us in our podcast and that meme because that's totally us. Yeah, it is a little bit. Actually, I'm just thinking about it now. I'm like, yeah, that's totally us. Especially like me me trying to find the point sometimes. <laughs> yeah, Zoe, it's not just you. I am a point. I'm trying to find other points. Well, you know what? We're in this together. Mm. I don't feel alone. It's so nice here. <laughs> and thanks, everyone, for joining us as well. <laughs> All right. Well, next time, I guess, it'll be the reaction. And as I said, we'll either be giddy or crying, ugly crying. Maybe both. (laughs) (laughs) Giddy, ugly crying. At the same time. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see what that sounds like. (laughs) Well, that was fun. At least for us, it was. If you made it to the end, I'm not sure if we should apologize or congratulate you. But thanks again for spending your time with us. Join us in the next podcast as we react to the next episode of Dangerous Romance. Please check out our Twitter and Tumblr at CriticallyOBS for all future posting schedules. Bye for now. I'm Mirella. And I'm Zoe and we'll see you next time.